Good evening, patriots. We're in an interesting time in Canada and this world, and I think we can all start to realize the greatness of what it is to be together, to be connected. And there really is something profound about that. With all the technologies that the elite have, and they have many, and something I'm going to dig into a lot on Monday night, <clears throat> and it's a pretty dark path when you get into all the capabilities that they have developed, the vision that they have for the world, and this sort of presumption that we're all going to end up in a certain place, regardless of whether we want to be. They always miss the critical point of the many that we are, and they never believe that we can come together as one. And I think that's at the core of everything that we are starting to awaken to right now, is that as humanity comes together, united in a common understanding of who we really are, all of these other things that they keep threatening us with and wanting to do, it doesn't matter how many systems they have, make no difference because the numbers outweigh. And in, in fact, that they're able to do all the destructive things that they do and they finally decide to end it all, then cool, we have life anyway and they have nothing. But it's really a profound moment for us to come together and stand together as one. Before we begin tonight, MyPillow.com, MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. That's the Bards Home Nation landing page, base camp, whatever you want to call that, on MyPillow. A great place to go, get some amazing savings. And right now, if you are shopping at MyPillow, you'll get a free copy of Mike Lindell's great book and his story, his life story of where he came from drug addiction to one of the greatest CEOs of our time. And all you have to do is use your promo code BARDS at checkout. And there's all sorts of incredible savings going on right now. 50% off on on uh, my slippers, 50% off on sleepwear for men and women, 60% off on Giza sheets. Just amazing savings, and it's all over the site. So if you head on over to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards, that's our home landing page, you'll see all those featured specials there. Plus, you can use that Bards code anywhere you want on the My Speech or the Frank Speech site, the My Store site. And the My Pillow site. So check it out, mypillow.com forward slash bards. It's a place where when you are buying products like that, you're literally funding the modern revolution. Because every dollar you spend in one way or another is being distributed to help fight for liberty. Also, the Founders Bible, thefoundersbible.com. That's the Bible for our time. That's literally one of the great. Bibles for our time. It's an NASB 1995 edition with many of our founding fathers' documents worked in. And it's truly a, a great doc, a great version of the Bible, not only in translation, but also in the lesson that we get of understanding how our founding fathers used Scripture as a living language. So if you use your BARDS code there, B-A-R-D-S, you're going to get 20% off. And these are Heirloom Bibles, beautiful quality, all printed in the United States. So check it out, thefoundersbible.com. Use your promo code BARDS, 20% off. Finally, Expedition, X-P-E-D, expeditioncoffee.com. 
That's the coffee for Bard's Nation. It's designed to give you that boost of energy and a sustained energy across the entire day. And it's also part of a whole health ecosystem. We are in a middle of a war of trying to destroy our health in everything that we are around, our water, our air, our food. And now this these bioweapons d- delivered in the air or whatever means, and also these injections. And we're around people who have been injected and are shedding. So you've got to keep your Im- immune system strong. And these products are all designed to work together to do that. Individually, they're powerful. Together, they're equally powerful. Kind of build up your body armor. So if you start with a coffee, Expedition Coffee, and then you add to that Immune XP, which is an immune booster with pine, based on pine cone extract, very high in vitamin C. Add to that the Gut Health Triad, which can help heal and seal your gut, which is where a lot of our health problems come from, which is leaky gut. And then you add Pure 47, which is the refined silver extract. It's down to a nano level. It can isolate almost all known pathogens, including HIV and the full range of SARS-CoV bioweapons that have been launched against us. And then you have Earth, which is a full-body nutrient supplement, which you mix with water, drink like a shake. It's an incredible product. I take all of these products. I use my pillow products. I have the Founder's Bible. I use all these products myself. And, I, and the Expedition products, I use them all. So check it out. Expedition product, Expedition Coffee, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com. Proverbs 12, 1. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. But he who hates reproof is stupid, rather harsh, but I think very true. Because we're in a time right now when we really have to be disciplined in everything that we do. I, I am, um, I probably follow a more hardline stance without saying that I'm a hardliner. I definitely follow a more Old Testament way in many things. And I believe there's a lot of richness in the Old Testament. And in the way of understanding God's wrath and God's consequence, but equally I think there's an intimacy that comes through in the Old Testament of how God is speaking to people and the profound actions and works that come about that. Obviously, Joshua is one of those. And David is another. Gideon is another. And these profound acts that are but that seemingly common people are rising up to work with God to take on great evil and being very, very successful at it. And I think there's a core in the middle of that, which is Galatians 6, 7, 8, which we need to keep in mind. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows that he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from his flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to his spirit will from his spirit reap eternal life. There is a real easy thread to walk right now, and and we all do it, I do it. I mean, everyone's doing it. We get very, in this fight, we're getting very focused on what's before us, and we have to be. There's great efforts going on in Canada. There's great awakenings happening around the world. But I think it's critical and very extremely critical that we remember that what we're sowing. If we're sowing things into our flesh, and I physically obviously, but we're sowing to the flesh, 
and forgetting the importance of sowing into the spirit. What can start out as greatness can quickly fall, very quickly fall. And we'll find ourselves, rather than having victory, we find ourselves having kind of a miserable defeat. There is a lesson in in Jericho, which I always look at, and it's when they were warned not to take from the temple. And in Joshua's army, one person violated that. One person. And the entire, the entire army was punished. God had said not to do it. Equally profound is when we look at Gideon on the flip of that, and he is put there to trust in God, to select his army, and he takes it from tens of thousands down to 300. And then he's commanded to blow horns and break pots of light, which from a military point of view, would, especially with the men that were selected, I'm not saying that they would have found it, um, that they would have doubted Gideon, but it would have taken a moment to swallow what they were going to face, the greatest, some of the biggest armies around, 300 of them, without anything other than horns and pots of light, and yet they did. And by being obedient to God, it was a profound action because those armies dispersed themselves. And they fled. So I think it's important right now when we look across this battlefield, and it is a battlefield, though it's a global battlefield. We've not witnessed a war of this kind before, where there are elite armies in place in every single country. That they have quietly built their forces, and they've done so in stealth. They haven't taken on the uniforms of the traditional. They've, matter of fact, they've used that as their cover. Because they've had people looking at the uniform military and the uniform militaries to build up weapon systems, to build a cache, cache, huge supplies. And the whole time, those militaries were, for a large degree, an illusion. We were being pitted against each other by them so that we would continue to believe in this ever war concept, the never ending fight. And we would use our emotions and our gifts and our talents. And rather than using them for the good of people, we would use them for the destruction of our fellow man. I've worked in DOD and I've worked in and around some of the labs. And it's a bizarre world. Uh, There's even a different language that it's English, but there's so many acronyms and buzz terms and references to things that unless you're in that group and in that working around those communities, you don't even know what people say. In fact, as a real story, I was in Washington, D.C. I was doing a private contract for one of the large, was one of the largest energy firms in the country. And I was sitting with one of the, at the table with some of the senior executives of the company and they asked me my perspective on an issue of cyber defense and um, dealing with the potential markets in Department of Homeland Security. And so I gave them a response, which I thought was normal. And I, I'm literally, I'm not kidding when I tell you this. It was I articulated it well. I explained it as I would. And I, I was very cognizant at the time of what I was saying. 
to make sure that I wasn't using too much um, verbiage that was accustomed to the Department of Defense side. And this is literally what I was told as they looked at me. They said, um, the vice president looked at me, in fact, and she said, that was an amazing response. And I have no idea what you just said. I said, what? She goes, I, I was amazed at what you just said but I really don't have any idea what you just said. None of that makes any sense to us. That's how far apart this language goes truly in, in the worlds. And what ends up happening is these people that we trust or entrust, I should say, it should be entrust. Actually, we entrust to lead us, but instead we trust them to lead us, which is, uh, it gets us deeper into that idolatry principle. And then what ends up happening is that as they get there, they begin to do their double speak and their kind of legalese and their various conversations. And little by little, they get swept up into this ever war concept, which is everywhere. And then the whole idea is pitching it to the world so the rest of the country can follow with them rather than telling you the truth. And the thing is, that it isn't that they always lie. It's that they believe the lie. That's a difficult one. Department of Defense and the military industrial complex believes in the engine of war. They believe in building equipment and things to build for war. And they believe in the concept that you have to build greater warfare pieces to keep yourself safe. There's a problem with that narrative. There's a problem with that belief system and it's a spiral that eventually over time you end up in such a vicious fight of competition to destroy one another that you arrive at a point that there is literally no way to survive what you have created. I, there's a NASA document I was going through yesterday and I'm, I was going through some of it today. Future Strategic Issues for Future Warfare, circa 2025. And when you go through this thing, you, it is, I, again, it's kind of like this foreign language. You have to kind of know a little bit about what they're referring to. And I probably have about an 80% comprehension of it. And there's a few things in there I have to constantly look up, maybe 90% comprehension. But you're dealing everything with undetectable, ultra-inexpensive swarm drones launched against the United States, bioweapons, the whole concept of this gene-editing warfare, invasive DNA weapons that can get inside. And I mean, I can go on the list. And you arrive at this place, you just kind of shake your head, and it's like, these people have literally engineered the destruction of humanity to save humanity. That's literally it. That's the cult of the military industrial complex and the cult that spends like what, 800 some odd billion dollars a year of taxpayer money to build a weapon system, which is constantly creating new boogeyman to go after and every single time and, I, and I'm really increasingly convinced that most of this has been manipulated 
meaning the bankers and the banksters sit back and laugh and they put, they pit nations against each other. And these people that assume the power and the positions, we assume that they're much greater and smarter than they are. That's a real fault of us. Everybody assumes that President Trump is like this super genius and everybody assumes that all these military leaders are like these super genius. There are some smart people up there, but I will tell you, it's nothing like you think. Um, and, and people can tell me, I'm not, you know, that I hear it all the time. It's like, you don't know what you're talking about. Trump's a genius. It's like, Trump's a smart guy. That's what I'm going to say. But genius, I don't know. The military commanders that I've worked with, there's some smart people. And they have, they're very, very good at killing. Genius, I don't know. I don't know that I would go there. And that's something we have to be very careful of. Um, we really do, especially now as we transition into this new era. And we are in this new era, believe it or not, like it or not. And this is the era of, it's really the great awakening, the spiritual awakening that's happening around the world. And it's a beautiful time. It's a beautiful moment to witness and to experience just what God's hand can do when he brings his people together. And we have to get back always to why and what we're here for. I think the first part is you know, Isaiah 54, 20, 54, 2 to 3. Enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left, and your offspring will possess the nations and will people the desolate cities. We are here to occupy the land and expand the kingdom. It's fairly simple. And in that process, we have to be very committed to the righteousness of what we do. We too often forget the power of righteousness. And we instead, we try to, we replace that with words like acceptance, tolerance, temperance, love. They're not sufficient in English. And they're not really at the core of what we're here for, in my opinion. Isaiah thirty-two seventeen, And the effect of righteousness will be peace, and the result of righteousness, quietness, and trust forever. Profound statement. Our fight is, is righteous. It's righteous because at the core of the fight, it's again, occupy the land, expand the kingdom, subdue evil, acquire, take dominion over evil, crush snakes and scorpions. And so we have been very much in the place, in a warfare place since the beginning. Unfortunately, a lot of the teachings of the church have focused purely on more of that love and hug thing and a whole lot of guilt. There's a whole lot of guilt and, and you're sinners and you, mustn't, you must always remember you're a sinner. And that's, that it goes back beautifully 
whether, you know, even to the Reformation and, and back to the Catholic holdings, which is really Rome in disguise. Make the people feel that they're lesser. I don't know anywhere in there Christ ever taught that. We have been taught that we are imperfect. We know that. We should know that because we're not Christ. But God doesn't work that way in Scripture. At least I will tell you, my reading of Scripture, I never find that resuscitation of you're a sinner, be be guilty. And yet churches are good at it, and especially the modern church, because it's the peddlers of sin and it's the peddlers of guilt that drive the coffers of the church. And if we're really going to see a revival in this time, we're going to have to get to the core of the beauty and power in which God gave us. That's the righteousness. That doesn't excuse us from not repenting. That doesn't excuse us from trying to walk a life that isn't intimate with Christ. All of those things are transformational, and they're beautifully transformational. But as we do that, we don't get lesser. We become greater in him. And those are that sort of walk we're in right now, if we can understand that as humanity, appreciate that. And, uh, and this is my opinion, but I think it's greater than my opinion because I think we, scripturally we can establish it. But I'm not in, I'm not in any way going to suggest that this is prophetic, but it is an important point that as we look at this and if we can come to this place of seeing the power of God raise up within us righteously in the righteousness of this fight, it is truly a righteous fight. If you look around the world and you are taking a look at as much news as you can find about the number of demonstrations and protests that are there, people are, are out. People are protesting. People are standing up. But what are they not doing? They're not burning things down. They're not taking up violence to the state, that, to a violent state. They're standing up in a righteous way, walking beautifully. And if we can invoke the power of God within that space, bring in that intimacy with Christ as we walk, we are literally changing the world to peace through the righteous action that we do. And so that takes us to Isaiah 54, 16 to 17 to remember these words. Behold, I have created the smith who blows the fire of coals and produces a weapon for its purpose. Keywords. I have also created the ravager to destroy. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed, and you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication from me declares the Lord. I love this passage because of some key words, a weapon for its purpose. I think we forget many times of that concept in warfare. If in fact, this is where studying military warfare and mechanics of warfare, studying the military industrial complex, that word and that concept should become very evident of how war is won and, and waged. So there's a couple of good lessons in there. One is the economy of force, which is a weapon for its purpose. In other words, not to be random and not to be frivolous. God produces what he needs and 
creates through the smith who blows the fire of, of the coals and produces a weapon intentionally and a weapon with intention. And each one of us carries that weapon of intention within us. And that's what I've referred to before is our gift and our talent. And there's plurals there, gifts and talents. And those gifts and talents are not of a warfare that we normally consider because we like to think of the Hollywood version of warfare that everything is about lock and load and putting rounds down range or some variant of that. We somehow in warfare also always have to have a trebuchet and we need to have a sword and we need to have a charge of the light brigade and we need to have people dead on the battlefield. But where have you ever heard of a glorified warfare where people stood up righteously using their gifts and talents, whether it's singing, making food, where have you heard of those gifts and talents being used to tear down a kingdom? Well, they're there. The stories are there, but they're not highlighted for us to glorify. Gandhi is a great story on that level. Martin Luther King is another story of that level. And right now, Canada is another story on that level of people winning and defeating an empire, which I believe Canada will topple their government eventually. And I think it's possible if they hold the line that that toppling, though it will endure some suffering, I think Canada will end up destroying their government and bringing it to a collapse with this peaceful, persistent, righteous resistance. And their greatest weapon they will have will be the horns that are honking on the trucks. That's pretty phenomenal if you think about it. So I think there's a lot in this these this time for us to dig deeply into and for us to reflect deeply on both in prayer and our, in our lives. There is, is, what comes to mind is Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Right now, I don't think that, I think that passage is more important than ever because it's so easy right now to get swept up with the fight and the resistance as there is a normal motivation to do that because what's at stake here for Canada is everything. In the United States, people don't feel that that everything moment has arrived yet. We keep wondering when people will arrive at it. I don't know if we will, or maybe we have to lose everything for people to finally realize what they've lost. I don't know. Because the United States tends to be, and I hope it's not that case, but we've become a very complacent, a very lazy, and a very convenience-driven society. The one thing that Canada has that we don't is a rather significant appreciation for struggle not in the normal way, not like, I mean, there is some struggle, but not like old pioneer way. But Canada is a country that lives more in the cold than it does in the warm. So there is a realness to it. And to look at where they're coming out, and I made a joke of this, but there's some very realness to this. Canada is out in force right now at minus 30 degrees Celsius, which is somewhere I think it's around 2 degrees Fahrenheit. That's some cold weather to be out there all the time. And yet they're there and they're refueling trucks. They're bringing food. 
and they're holding the line. And with this, I, what I find most amazing in watching Canada is that we're seeing a country that's been very agnostic for many years awaken to that spiritual center of God, and it's happening. The pastors are getting out and meeting them rather than bringing them into the temple. They're meeting them on the streets. They're meeting them together as they all come together in fellowship. That's as pastoring should be. That's in the tradition of Christ. And that's a lot, in my opinion, of what we are missing in this nation. Because our pastors, with oh, there's a few, and I've heard things like when pastors got together and they did a prayer for Canada, it's like, that's all good, whatever. But we're not seeing that grit in our pastors like we had that started our war. And what's interesting is when you see our started our revolution, what's interesting is when you see what Canada's going through, and it is their first revolutionary war, their first revolution it is interesting to see the pastors there because as I've said so many times, historically, the one thing people can count on and agree on in the American history, the American revolution, is that it was the pastors that brought us to the revolution in an awareness of tyranny. And though there are pastors around now that are speaking out against it more now than there were a few months ago, at the critical time in our nation when we needed to awaken people and keep them safe from this bioweapon and shot, our pastors broke. They bent their knee. They didn't stand up to tyranny. They didn't speak out. They didn't want to know, or they, did, they either didn't want to know or were not going to know because they were bought off. I mean, there's truths coming out now about how much money these pastors were making from Big Pharma, and it's in the tens of thousands of dollars. So that puts the onus of truth and scripture on us. And it's important that we carry that banner. That's the banner of Christ that I often refer to. We have to carry that banner of Christ in these fights. And we have to put our trust in the Lord with all of our heart. And we have to lean on him for our understanding, not ourselves. Because that's when the true paths open up and the greatness happens before us. And so that brings us to Matthew seven twelve. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law of the prophets. This is such an amazing inversion of the golden rule. And it's a wonderful thing to reflect upon. So whatever you wish that others would do to you. How many times do you wish that others would be nasty to you? How many times do you wish that others would treat you like a slave? How many times do you wish that others would beat you, imprison you, threaten you with a gun, threaten to take your livelihood? So as we are considering that, as we are wishing what others would do to us, we in turn do also to them. It's important. It's, a, it's an inversion. It's an interesting inversion of the golden rule, and I, and I agree with it because right now is a critical time. We're in a, in my opinion, in the battle that we're in, and at the moment of the war that we're in, 
we're shaping the outcome in a profound way. We need justice as people. There will have to be an accountability and justice. In no way do I have an expectation that this is going to go without somebody being hurt. I would like to think that's the case, but we're dealing with pure evil. The one great lesson I hope the world does see with the United States, and I think it's one of the great things that has been missed in all of this, and so I, I speak this as well to Canadians, and many of whom are asking, where are the Americans? Here's part of my answer. We are the most armed nation in the history of humankind. And in the last seven years, go back even to Obama, which is since 2008. So it's since 2008, which is at this point, we're looking at 14 years. We have not picked up our arms and started a blood revolution in this nation. And in the worst of those times, which were the three years, four years of Trump and the one year afterwards, we have still held fast to a temperance and a patience that has kept our finger off the trigger. So while we do need to awaken and mobilize We've had to step back from one of our most capable means of toppling a government, which is violence. And we have done so inside of being taunted and lured and provoked. America has held the line. And that's a profound place that I hope Canadians understand as they look to where we are. We've had to do, we've had to endure a lot here. And I understand Canada's doing a lot, but we've had to do, deal with a great deal of unprecedented violence on our soil that was targeted at us. And so there is a wisdom that comes from that. And one thing that is beautiful in the United States is we have seen an awakening in God unlike anything we've ever imagined and a relationship to Christ that has been growing like wildfire across our country. And that is a beautiful thing. So we now have to convert that, though, because while we have come closer to Christ, we've also had to witness the truth of our churches, the truth of our law enforcement, many, the truth of our government, much, the sadness of seeing our military turned into an experimental test, crash test dummy. The sorrow of realizing how corrupt so many of our military leaders are. The deeper sorrow to realize that we've been toyed with to fight ridiculous and endless wars to slaughter our youth. And we've carried a large brunt of that with that fight and that blood. So now it's time for us to awaken. And we will. And when we do, it will be the storm that will never be forgotten. But that has to be grounded again in righteousness. And the effect of righteousness will be peace. And the result of righteousness 
quietness, and trust forever. That's where we are. A challenging time ahead for all of us because the deep state has all the tools to extol pain and arrest, incarcerate, destroy families financially, and they're going to use it all. Don't don't doubt for a minute that this is simply going to go away. They're not going to suddenly get a great consciousness and come to their knees. And while God could make that happen, I don't think that's in the plan. Because not because I'm seeing some great prophecy, but because it's it's biblically and historically not consistent. We have to endure this because it got here on our watch. And we now have to endure what we have made to grow from it, to make sure that it never happens again. Let me close with Ezekiel 3, 17 to 21. Son of man, I have anointed you a watchman to the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, warn them from me. When I say to the wicked, you will surely die, and you do not warn him or speak out to warn the wicked from his wicked way that he may live, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Yet, if you have warned the wicked and he does not turn from his wickedness or from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered yourself. Again, when a righteous man turns away from his righteousness and commits iniquity, and I place an obstacle before him, he will die. Since you will have not warned him, he shall die in his sin, and his righteous deeds, which he has done, shall not be remembered, but his blood I will require at your hand. However, if you have warned the righteous man that the righteous should not sin, and he does not sin, he shall surely live because he took warning, and you have delivered yourself. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in this time, difficult time of coming together and yet facing an enemy that's relentless, ruthless, deceived on certain levels, believing that it's laws of man to crush other people's liberty are the right and just ways of living for the benefit of themselves, for the protection of their salary, for the protection of their pensions. Forgive them, Lord. Forgive them for their misdeeds and their ways. And give us the strength to warn them as the watchman on the wall of the path in which they walk. Let us be those voices that open their hearts and their eyes to the missteps that they make and the choices that they can take. For you will always provide an option, Lord, and we know that. And we know that, as you say, in 1 Corinthians 10.13, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, 
and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Let us be those voices that can show the many that are consumed with the power of tyranny and the eagerness of repression and the narcotic of control. Let us show them a way that they can avoid that temptation to walk closer to you and to endure this time as they build in a deeper relationship through Christ our Savior. These times will try us all. Let us find the strength in you, Lord, the fellowship in each other, and the love that will carry us higher above the violence and instead kindle a righteous resolve that we will never bow, that we will always be walking in your path and your light and the love of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. There's a lot that each of us carries. And this is another unique moment in this world. I don't think anybody now, I would say very few at this point, have not been touched by the effects of this bioweapon. Most have dealt with the effects of COVID collapse, meaning the loss of jobs, the demanding of vaccinations, the requirements of masks. It's everywhere. And some have endured the face of tyranny already, the repression of a hand of a system that's forcing us down. We've been deceived by the promises of greatness of a future that has been always engineered to take us down a very specific path to replace jobs with robotics, to develop AIs to manage our life, to integrate us into the Internet of Things, to control us, monitor us, track us, ultimately subdue us, to introduce genetic and gene editing as a standard way of living in this world, and to channel us into a place of acceptance through coercion in many ways of an idea that we can no longer be human but we must now become transhuman as they, those in power, demand and insist. The principle of not complying is, is now upon us and the choices that we make in the coming days, weeks and months, each one of those steps will either take us closer to our end or closer to our liberty. But in order to achieve liberty, we're going to have to go back before we go forward. We can't continue to march forward blindly and accomplish something just because we can. Just because we can does not mean we should. And that's the paradox which we now walk. There's going to be many that are going to seek this new way of being this concept of integrating technology into their bio to corrupting their temple with 
the concept of binary and functionality that ties them into the web and to the greater AIs. But those that choose not to travel that way are going to have to hold fast because the, that, that train has left the station. And to be very honest, only the hand of God can stop it. And so that puts it back in our court. Everything we do, whether it's to drop the mandates or stop the current tyranny, ultimately is going to arrive at a realization that we must stop the progression to transhumanism and the development into the fourth industrial revolution. And to do that, we're going to have to hold steadfast on the rock of faith and our true belief in God because it is not going to be easy to derail this freight train that is already on the tracks and moving. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. We have, um, more important than ever right now, we have the obligation to pray. Daily, throughout our day, talking to God, letting God know what we want of a future. That's important. He needs to hear it in our hearts. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. Our role, though, is unmistakable. It is important. It is essential at this point in time. God has us here for this time, in this time, for this reason, for such a time as this. So our duty sits before us. And it is a hard mission. But we shall occupy the land, expand the kingdom, and subdue the enemy. I'll see you tomorrow night for Fishers of Men. Until then, or till the next time, God bless, good night, thank you, and out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose. Reaching out for something to pull us up to the level ground. Oh, I can see it now. I can see it now. Down, I can see it now.
sets down over the hill where the lost got found. Reaching through somehow. Oh, you're an island when the world is too loud. When the seasons change, I know the space between us will stay the same. Resting on this faith, when your soul answers calls far away. Safe place to hide from the rain. 